Welcome to the Caris Christian Center podcast. So um, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to um, Philippians chapter 2. Last week I started a series, I'm going through the book of Philippians called, If You're Happy and You Know It. And um, I love what the Bible says in Psalm 144 verse 15. It says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Whose God here tonight is the Lord. All caps, the one, the eternal, the one true self-existent, everlasting God. If he's your Lord, if Jesus is your Lord, you can be happy. And I think um, uh, just, I just see uh, people of faith are happy people. You know, if you are full of faith, you're going to be a happy person. Um, joy is, is a symptom of faith. And I think there's really two, two big um, really spirits that people can submit to right now. One is a spirit of fear. The Bible talks about this um, in Luke 21, verse 26, that in the last days that men's heart would fail them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. You know, that spirit of fear, it doesn't lead to good things. It leads to anxiety, panic, um, even selfishness, um, even like animalistic type behavior when people are very fearful. Um, they go into like stealing, hoarding, just acting like squirrels, uh, preparing for who knows what storm may come. Um, we've seen some of this in the world today. But uh, a spirit of faith, that, that is... That is what we live by, that's where you want to stay operating in. Um, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I think faith flows with all those things. Faith is full of power, full of love, and a, a sound mind, clear thinking. So if you want to really walk in this happiness that God has given us, you have to tap into that spirit of faith because the spirit of faith is a joyful spirit. Amen. And on the joy of the Lord, it's not it's not circumstantial. It is supernatural. If your happiness is based on circumstances, it's really not based on Jesus. Your happiness, your, your joy has to be based upon Jesus, not what the world can give or the world can take away. The world gives and the world takes away. God gives and he gives and he gives and he gives. God is not a taker. He is a giver. That's a great quote. Anyways, so if you're, if you're the kind of person that says, well, I'll be happy if, I'll be happy if these people do this, or if these people say this, or if this, or I'll be happy when, my, when I get recognition, I'll be happy when my pastor recognizes me, I'll be happy when my boss would recognize me, I'll be happy when my spouse finally recognizes me, I'll be happy when, um, that, that's very circumstantial. And that, that can, um, if your happiness is based upon those types of things, you're going to have a roller coaster type um, life, but our happiness, it has to be based upon Jesus, and, and his, his joy is an everlasting joy. It's a supernatural joy. I'm happy because I have Jesus, period, right? And Jesus, um, I'm happy because he's given me a spirit of faith. He's given me joy, righteousness, health, peace, provision, eternal life. And I know that with Jesus, everything gets better and better. And um, I, I love going through Philippians. You know, this is one of the greatest um, messages on joy, which the Apostle Paul actually wrote you know, while being in prison, while being mistreated. Um, and, and he wrote this um, just, just great message on joy. Um, 
in a very difficult circumstance. So circumstances don't determine our joy, amen? Jesus determines our joy. You know, Paul was preached for, for um, being too contagious. He was contagious with Jesus. He's being quarantined. They're trying to shut him up, lock him up. If you lock up someone who's full of joy, full of faith, full of Jesus, it's just gonna backfire on you. I think, I think some politicians here in the state of Colorado realize that. Even here in El Paso County, with a couple of preachers here in this area, if you try to shut some people up, it's not going to work out well. It's just going to backfire on you. Because why? Because faith is contagious. Faith is contagious, and its symptoms are contagious as well. If you get around faith people, you know, that, that, that anointing of healing is contagious, Bible says that Peter and Paul, they just walk around and just their, their shadow. People will be within six feet of them and they'd catch that healing anointing on them. Hallelujah. You gotta be careful getting too close to these faith people. You know, some of their some of their generosity might rub off on you. Your know, generosity is a symptom of faith. You know, joy is a symptom of faith. And, um, you know, a, a few years ago, I, I, uh, I follow several different ministers on social media. And this, this um, very renowned um, pastor um, just did a, a, a little poll on Instagram. Um, and he has, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers. And he just said, are you depressed? And I, I just clicked no just to see what the results are. If you answer it, you're going to see what the, and I'm not depressed. I wasn't depressed then. I'm not depressed now. But I looked at it, and 90% of people who follow him said they were depressed. And I thought, wow, how terrible is that? Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know why. And a lot of these people are, you know, Christian, but um, we, we should not be depressed people. We should be happy people. That's what the Bible says. And um, um, this joy that we have, it, it's, it's a contagious thing. Amen? Um, so I, I want to be around joyful people, around faith-filled people, around people whose God is the Lord. So let's dive in here to Philippians chapter 2. And I, I love um, what Paul's writing here to the Philippian church. He, he's really... Um, imploring them to be people of, of unity, to be, to be striving together. He said that just a few verses before, to strive together, work together. And uh, I kind of noticed something. When people um, kind of uh, get a little bored, I kind of noticed that in this, the, the, the pandemic of, of two years prior, that some people just, their, their lives kind of got shut down. They weren't doing much. They got kind of bored, and, and they weren't really striving for much. And in, in that, just kind of not doing much, um, it's very easy to, to fall into a type of judgmental, critical type habit. But if, if you're working for a common goal with other people of faith, you're not going to really fall into that pattern of, of bitterness, of gossip, of criticism, of uh, just going around judging everyone. You need to be working together with other people of faith. And... Um, Fear is really what causes people to isolate. Faith will cause you to want to be a part of a community, want to be a part of something, of a bigger picture type thing, want to help other people. Fear drives people into isolation, but faith causes us to come together, to assemble together as believers. Amen? So, so keep being people of faith, not fear. Um, Philippians 2 verse 1, he says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection 
compassion and mercy fulfill my joy. So he's saying, you can actually fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Um, right, right here, Paul is saying, if you want to be a happy person, you need to be, you need to be a team player. Um, you know, uh, the, body, the body of Christ, it is not a one-person sport. It's not golf. It's not, you know, running a marathon. It's, 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 a, it's a big team. And um, the, the gifts, and like Paul talks a lot about unity. I was thinking about um, um, just, just the, you know, the, the charismatic gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. And, and Paul flows right out of that into 1 Corinthians 13 where he talks about love. And how he talks a lot about being part of a team. How the, the foot can't say I'm greater than the hand or the hand greater than the foot. Like all these gifts are given to, to, to build the team to minister to each other. None of these gifts, like, like spiritual, you know, prophetic gifts, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning, they, they aren't given to, to chop people off. They're given to, to actually, to, to demonstrate, to help you minister Christ's love to people. And if you think you're, you're very prophetic, but you're using your, your gifting to try to chop people off or be judgmental or, or to bring division... That, that's actually fleshy. Amen. And if, if you're if you're not if you're not if you're not working as part of a team because you're so spiritual, you, you don't need to submit or to be a part of a team or work with other people. Yeah. That's actually a very dangerous place to be in. I was I was reading through First um, Samuel about about Paul about um, King Saul. And when he was anointed, he actually like um, flowed in in prophetic giftings. People thought he was a prophet. He actually like had had a lot of um, spiritual giftings, anointings working in his life. But but he wasn't really using it for for God or for part of the team. He wasn't even really working with with Samuel. He kind of started doing things on his own and it got him in trouble. We need, like, your giftings need to be plugged in to a team environment. Does that make sense? And, and um, if, if things are causing, I like what the king, in verse 3, my, New King James says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. I like what the, the King James says there. Um, what does the King James say there, Pastor Lawson? Philippians 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. So if things are being done, if there's strife there, if there's strife, that's not God's will. Strife is not God's will. Don't let anything be done just with strife. Amen? Or or vainglory. Um, Let me look at my notes here. I had something really good about this. Um, vainglory, uh, the, the Greek word there, it's only used one time in the Bible. It's kenodoxia. It means glory that is for yourself. Don't let anything be done where, where the intention is to have glory for yourself. Glory for yourself, it's completely vain. Your glory is not what it's all about. You know, different, different um, 
um, denominations, different traditions in Christianity sing uh, a doxology. A doxology is a hymn of praise to bring glory unto God. Those do- you, you don't need to have people singing your praises. Yeah. Right? People, you need, if you're a true minister of the gospel, you want people to be singing praises unto God, not praises unto you. It's not about you. It's that, so if things are being done through, through strife or vainglory, that's not God's will. We need to keep looking out for other people. I love what he says in verse 4 here, Philippians 2, verse 4. Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So some keys to, to just um, fulfilling this joy that we have. Paul said, hey, fulfill, fulfill this joy that I have. I have the joy of the Lord. I have the, the anointing of this joy because I'm a person of faith. I have the joy of faith, but you need to fulfill it by being people of unity. Be, be team players. Look out for each other. So you need to, wh- what are you looking for? Are you looking out for yourself? Are you looking for other people? Look out for other people. But, but, but more importantly, look unto Jesus. Stop just looking at yourself, look out for other people, but look to Jesus. That what he, that's what he says here in verse 5. If you're going to be a person who's, who's just operating, fulfilling the supernatural joy that we have, you're going to keep your eyes on Jesus all the time. Verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So he's saying you need to have the mind of Christ. You need to, to identify with Jesus Christ. So one way we identify with him is, is through his, his attitude of humility. It says in verse 6, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the, I, I love, he, he made himself of no reputation. People tried to, tried to give him a throne. But he said, no, no, what's going to, God the Father is going to be the one who's going to give me the throne. Not, not people. Not my followers. Not, not, the, not, not a mob. Not, not governmental rulers. The only throne that Jesus wanted was a throne that his Father gave him. That throne that he'd received through, through, through the resurrection. Amen? Amen? said, he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant. We kind of talked about that last week, that Paul, Paul at the start of this letter calls himself a bondservant. So he calls himself a bondservant because he saw Jesus as a bondservant, someone who, who wanted to serve others, who didn't have to do it, but did it because they love people, right? Said so Jesus, Jesus served people not because he had to, but because he chose to, because he loved people. He took the form of a bondservant and came in the likeness of men. Verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I love that. Man, Paul was a preacher. I could just see him, you know, just just speaking this out, writing this down, just getting excited as he was penning those few verses. 
Nothing is greater than the name of Jesus. I could just see Paul as he's thinking about that Jesus Christ is Lord. Caesar is not Lord. The, the, the high priest is not Lord. The, the soldiers who put me in these chains are not Lord. These other preachers that aren't really nice to me that are, that are trying to do things for vainglory. Jesus Christ is Lord and that's why I'm going to shout. That's why I'm going to rejoice because every name, every name is going to confess that he is Lord. Every knee is going to bow to the lordship of Jesus. Every, every, every living, breathing person throughout all mankind, every, every spiritual being, angelic or demonic, will have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is no other name greater than the name of Jesus, and he is forever Lord. And that statement, it, it upsets every demon in hell. Jesus is Lord. Even here in Colorado Springs, that statement has upset a few demonic forces. But guess what? It doesn't matter. You don't get a vote. Jesus is Lord. Your opinion does not matter. He's Lord if you like it or not. And I, I'd, rather, I'd rather serve him now. And, and bow my knee to him now and confess it now. Amen. And bring glory to God the Father right now. Amen. So keep looking to Jesus. I, I can just see Paul just shouting for joy as he was writing that. Even in his change, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. All right, let's go on here. So be a team player. Look to Jesus. Look out for others, but also live with purpose. I, I love, you know, Paul, Paul was here in chains. Probably traveled a lot of the world, had, had a big, but here he is in chains, but he's still full of passion, full of zeal, full of purpose. You know, people who, who have a, a sense of, of their divine calling, the, a sense of purpose, it doesn't really matter where they're placed. It doesn't matter if they're placed on the biggest pulpit or if they're placed in a prison cell. They're going to know that they are a person of purpose, right? I just see Paul being a person of purpose. Verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasures. He's, he's saying God is working in you, and, and, and it gives him great pleasure to, to what, what he's doing with your life. Did you know that God takes great pleasure in you? And sometimes when I felt, felt like, I, like I've messed up, like I've been one of the biggest failures, like I just didn't have a good day maybe, I was kind of angry, I was short-tempered, I... Maybe it wasn't as nice as I should have been to, to my wife. and kid. I, I'll just lay down at night and just say, God, just speak to me. And I think he's going to say, like, you better watch out. <laughs> Look at everything. I, and I, think, I think I just kind of think he's going to say something like that. But you know what God tells me in moments like that? He says, Aaron, I, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're doing a great job. I'm going to take care of you. Don't, don't worry about anything. Everything's going to be all right. That's how, that's how God always speaks to me when I, when I feel like I'm at my worst. He, he takes great pleasure in you. So maybe, maybe you feel like you're, 
maybe at one of your worst moments in life, you've, you've missed the mark somehow. God is taking pleasure in you, and he's not done with you yet. You're here for a reason, and, and he, he's got something up his sleeve. He has a purpose for you. He, he wants to work his will in you and through you. Amen? And that work of salvation, I've thought a lot about this. Pastor Lawson is here so he can correct my doctrine Sunday morning if I'm wrong. But when, when he's talking about working out your salvation with fear and trembling, so, you know, um, as mortal beings, we think of everything in, in a timeline, right? We think of everything as past, present, and future. God exists outside of the time-space continuum, he exists in it, but he also exists outside. Like, he created time. He created the universe. He created all space, right? So when he does things, he does things in multiple tenses, past, present, future. So salvation, it, for, for a believer, I believe that salvation is a past tense thing. When you believed on Jesus, you were saved. I believe that also salvation is a, is a present tense thing. Salvation is happening in you right now, and salvation is also a future tense thing. And let me explain this. What's that? He said it's true. Okay. So in your spirit, past tense, you were saved. I'm going to tie this to spirit, soul, and body. Salvation, past, present, future, to spirit, soul, and body. So past, past tense, in your spirit, you were saved. Right, you were given the same spirit of Jesus Christ um, placed in, in one-third of your being. The, the spirit, in case someone is new here, you never heard spirit so by the spirit is the eternal part of you. It's why, it's why even someone who says they're not a believer, someone who doesn't believe in God, they, they get upset if someone close to them dies because they, they know that there's something in mankind that, that, sh that is eternal. That's why even though everything here on this earth has an expiration date to it, everything here on the earth will one day pass away. Everything that you see, every plant, animal, person, born, lives, dies, even though it's obvious, it still bothers people, right? Because there is a spirit in man, right? And even, 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 even non-believers can sense that, that there, that there is something more than, than this life, we're created for something more than just 70, 80, 90 years, whatever. We, there is something more. So, it, so salvation, it's a passive. Your, your spirit was saved. You were given the same spirit of Christ. Romans 8, 11 says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So he's saying if you are a believer, if you believed on Jesus, if, if that is so, his, his spirit, the same spirit, that same resurrection spirit. As a believer, we get to celebrate Easter every day of the year. The, the re resurrection power isn't just a, a one, that, that, that wasn't just a one-time event. When Jesus got up out of that grave, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. You can sing that every day. The resurrection Jesus was the first resurrected among many. Because he got up out of that grave, we can get up out of that grave. That same spirit dwells in us. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Because that same spirit is in you. Because when you, you were saved, past tense, that, that spirit of Christ came and dwelled in you. It can now affect your soul and affect your, your future body. Your mortal body now, but even, even your immortal body. 
That's where future tense salvation comes in, in, in your body. So, so spirit, you were saved. Soul. What's your soul? That's your mind, your will, your emotions, your thought life, your desires. In your soul, you are, you are being saved right now. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 2, to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you, when you believed on Jesus, your mind was not automatically renewed. And even, even if you've been walking with Christ for decades, you still have to be renewing your mind. That's what he's talking about, working out your salvation. He's like, hey, you, you, you've been saved. Renew your mind to it. Realize what Jesus has done. Realize what is inside of you. That's, that's, what, that's not, he's not talking about being worried about if you're going to go to heaven or hell. Right, because when you were saved, that spirit of adoption was placed in you. So you know that the spirit in you is crying out to God, Daddy God. That's when I lay my head on my pillow and I think I've screwed up. Daddy God talks to me, right? Because I have that same spirit of Christ in me, that, that spirit of, of the one true son that, that's in me. Because now, now I know my Daddy God because Jesus knew the Daddy God, right? So salvation's happening, present tense, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Present tense, it's, you're working it out in your soul, in your mind. You're, you're constantly reminding yourself, telling yourself um, with scripture what's happened in your spirit, what, what, it, what is who you are in Christ, amen? And also salvation for a believer is a future tense thing. You know, that, that, that resurrection power, it, it affects us right now. It affects your body right now. But unless Jesus comes again, th these bodies eventually wear out. This body can't, can't go to, to, to live in that eternal city. Your body, you know, praising God 24-7, 365 for, for thousands of years, I, I want a different body for that. Amen? Amen? If you want to, if you want, uh, you, you know, if I'm doing this, I can do this for like, I used to do this for three hours a day, four hours, like practice like this. I did it so much of this shoulder now is like an inch higher than this shoulder. If I did that for thousands of years, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to need a little bit better of a body, Right? The Bible talks about this, that there is a future tense salvation for our, our bodies. 1 Corinthians 15, 42 and 43, it says, So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. You might think your body's really glorious right now. You might, you might work out a lot, diet, you know, really, you might be really proud of the, that what was that word, kenodoxal, doxal, that vain glory of your body right now? <laughs> it's good to take care of this body, but if you're really obsessed with it, it's, it's a little bit vain because this isn't your eternal body, right? Physical exercise profits a little. And in the big scope of things, it's not a huge deal, amen? But take care of yourself. It is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So salvation, amen, past, present, future. Did you all see that? Pastor Lawson agrees, I'm glad. I have a good theologian right here on the front row watching every word I say, which is a good thing. 
It's how you learn by having some accountability. Amen. Man, that, that is how you learn. If you want to grow, you, you need to have people you can be accountable to. If you're not accountable to anyone, you, 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 stop, you stop growing. You actually start going backwards pretty quickly. All right, let's go on here. Um, all right, so we're in Philippians 2. We're at verse 12, verse 13. Let's uh, go on here, verse 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. We are to just shine big for Jesus, amen, in everything that we do. And a lot of these things he's talking about, not complaining, not disputing, being blameless, being harmless. He's talking about our attitude. You know, work hard, keep a good attitude, and um, just shine for Jesus. When, when you are doing everything as unto the Lord, I love what Colossians 3.23 says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Um, stay out of complaining, disputing, um, strife, those types of things. You're going to really stand out pretty quickly. There, there's a lot of strife in the world. There's a lot of bitterness, a lot of backbiting. There, there, there's a lot of that in the world. And if you, if you keep yourself, if you stay out of that stuff, you're going to stand out. You're going to really shine. Um, your, your life is going to preach the gospel to people. Amen? That's a, that's a good statement. Your life is going to preach the gospel to people. Um, and just shine, shine big for Jesus. Keep a, keep a great attitude. I like what he says here in verse 17. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. He's saying even if, I, if, I, if I'm put to death here in this prison, it's for your sake. It's because I preached, because I want to... I want to... I want to increase your faith. I want to, I want to speak faith to you. And if, if I die because of it, I'm going to rejoice. Uh, verse 18, for the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. So he's saying, don't worry about me. Keep rejoicing with me because God is taking care of me. Amen. Um, let's go on here. I'm going to, I'm going to read a little bit more here. Um, And God kind of spoke something to me about the kind of the next um, part of, uh, of this chapter here. He really commends um, Timothy and Epaphroditus. And um, I, just, I just kind of looked at the words that he uses to describe both of these men. But um, if, if, you are, if you are really living for Jesus, living for, for something that's greater than yourself, it's not about you. I'm living for, for the kingdom. I'm living. I'm going to go big for Jesus. Um, God is going to... Send people to help you. The Bible uh, prophesies this in Isaiah 43, verse 4. This is my kind of last point from Philippians chapter 2, is that God will give men to you. God will, no, no, matter, no matter what, if, if you're, whatever you're doing for God, if he's called you to do it, no matter where you are, you know, Paul is in, a, is in a jail cell right now, but God is still sending people to him to minister to him, to help him um, fulfill his call, to, to reach out to other churches. Um, if, you are, if you aren't living for yourself, you're living for other people, you're living for Jesus, God will give men to you, great men, great women, 
You know, he mentions um, Timothy. He mentions Epaphroditus in chapter 4. He mentions Euodia and Syntyche. I think I said her name right. We don't hear about them because not enough people name their kids Euodia and Syntyche. But Paul, Paul mentions a lot of women throughout Scripture that he thanks for working alongside him in the ministry. Uh, and he mentions many, in, in a lot of his letters, he, he takes the time and the effort to mention their name, to write that letter, to thank them for what they're doing for the kingdom and what they've done to help him. So he, you know, he mentions Timothy here, Epaphroditus. He mentions women later here in Scripture. Um, but I just want to talk about um, this prophecy from Isaiah 43, verse 4. It says, since you were precious in my sight. Again, this is like what I was taught. Like, you are precious in his sight. If you know it or not, you are precious in the sight of God. You are his beloved. He delights in you. You, you, you give him good pleasure, right? Isaiah 43, 4 says, Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. So if you, if you really take the time and the effort to, to really, you know, to try to care for other people, minister to other people, really look out not esteem myself, but esteem others greater. God's not going to just leave you hanging out to dry. Some people think, well, if I, if I, if I step out and some people, like, they, they make this their prayer, right? They're, they're really moved. They say, God, use me. And they, they, start, they start being used. But then they'll, they'll, they'll come and say, well, I feel like I'm, I'm just used. You just use me. You don't even care about it. You just use me. You just use me. I feel used. <laughs> I've had people tell me that before. When I care for people, I want to honor people, I want to love people, but... Anyways, it's just kind of interesting. If, if, you, if you do what Paul said, and some people are scared to, to look out for other people, like, well, if I'm not looking out for number one, no one's going to look out for number one. That's why people fall into that trap. If you're not worried about number one, someone else will look out for number one. Someone else will look out for you. God will look out for you, and he'll actually look out for you better than you can look out for yourself. Amen. That's, a great, that's a great statement. If you're not just looking out for yourself all, all the time, God will look out for you, and, and he will actually give men to you to also to look out for you and, and to help you out. So I like, and the men, the, the men and the women that he'll send across your path are going to be incredible, incredible people. I like what he talks, I'm just going to read some of the words that he uses to, to describe Timothy here. So Timothy, um, he says that Timothy is someone who's like-minded, Someone who thinks like I do. How many of you would like to be around, have God send some people into your life that kind of think like you do? Uh, Timothy is a sincere person. He's someone who cares for others. He's not self-seeking. He has a, a proven character. I love that. He, he actually has a track record of integrity. He has a track record of character. Now, when you come across people, especially ministers who, who, who've just ministered, with great character, proven character for decades after decades. That, that's important, right? He has a proven character. He's like a son, and he has the heart of a servant. God gave Paul people like Timothy. I love that, to help him out. Um, he, he talks about 
Epaphroditus. Um, the words that he uses to describe Epaphroditus, someone that God gave to Paul to help Paul out. Epaphroditus was a true brother, a fellow worker. And I, I, think, I think when Paul said that Epaphroditus is a fellow worker, to me that's a huge compliment. I, I think Paul is probably one of, the, one of the hardest working preachers in the business. He, he, if you look at everywhere he preached, how long he spent, he, you know, a, a church planner, uh, a people builder, uh, you know, raising people up to be preachers, to be, to be overseers, um, while, while like doing some entrepreneurship things on the side, building tents. Doing, I, he, Paul was probably a very hard worker. And he says, hey, Epaphroditus, he's a, he's a fellow worker. He's, he's a hard worker like me. I think it's a, a great compliment. He was a fellow soldier. He was bald like me. He was willing to wait, lay his life down for Jesus. And about Epaphroditus, he said, um, I like what Paul said about Epaphroditus. He said that he ministered to me. You know, Paul, Paul needed some people to come across and minister to him. Now, Epaphroditus might not have had a big um, public preaching and teaching ministry. You know, we don't have any any you know, sermons that Epaphroditus wrote, but, but Paul, Paul thanks Epaphroditus for, for ministering to him. I think that's very, very significant. He ministered to me. He took care of Paul's needs. He, you know, he said Epaphroditus, he, he really cares deeply about others. Epaphroditus cares so much about you all in Philippi that he's worried that you think he might be dead. He's so concerned about, about, about that sorrow that you might have. He cares so much about you that he wants to go visit you and say, Hey, I'm doing all right. God's healed me. God's restored me. I'm still at it. Don't worry. So he, Paul said, I'm going to send Epaphroditus so you can see him. And when you see him, he's the kind of person that, that causes great joy. I like being around people who cause great joy. When they walk in their room, they, they just, you're excited to see them. How do you, you like people like that? There are people who do the opposite sometimes. I want to be one of those people that, hey, when you see me walk, walk in the room, you, you get excited. There, there's an increase in that joy anointing in the place. Amen. Epaphroditus was one of those types of people. So if you're, if you're really, um, I believe if you're really doing everything that Paul says to do here, just let go of yourself. Look out for other people. Right? Keep looking to Jesus. Keep living with purpose. God, God's not going to leave you hanging out to dry. If you're one of those people who stepped out a little bit, but now you're stepping way back because I wanted to be used, but now I'm used. It's because your focus started going this way. Amen? Keep, keep, keep doing what God has called you to do. He's going he's gonna to send people that are going to really encourage you, build you up, minister to you. God will give men unto you. So uh, uh, just before I close, a few tips on fulfilling that supernatural joy that God gave you. Be a team player. Keep looking to Jesus. Live with purpose and remember that God is going to keep giving people unto you. Great people. People like Timothy. People like Epaphroditus. People like Euodia. People like Syntyche. Amen. You are not alone. God's not going to leave you hanging out to dry. Amen. I love that. So God, use me. Amen. God, I'm gonna, I want, I want to, to look out for other people. I want, to, I want to live for your glory, not my glory. I'm going to stay out of strife. I'm going to be kingdom-minded. 
And I'm, I'm going to keep looking unto Jesus. Man, that, that just excites me, thinking about the name of Jesus, that every name must bow to that name of Jesus. I'm going to keep looking to you, Jesus, and I'm going to keep living every day with purpose. And I know that, God, you are always going to take care of me. Amen. You're going to supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus in glory. That's why I don't have to worry about my own needs. That, that, was, that was some revelation that God gave to me. This could, I'm sure Heather has a great offering in store, but that's, maybe I'll share that Sunday. But one reason why I don't have to worry about my own, God has actually told me not to worry about some of my own needs. Aaron, don't worry about who your wife's going to be. Aaron, don't worry about what house you're going to live in. Aaron, don't worry about what health insurance you're going to get. Don't, don't worry so much about these things. I'm going to take care of you, but, but now because you know that I'm going to take care of all of your needs, you can, you can start looking out for other people's needs. You can be a pastor. You, don't, you, can, you can take care of other people. Why? Because I'm always going to take care of you. Amen. Awesome. Well, Heather's going to come up here. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.